at the middle school and go around behind it to the elementary. And that's where the staging is. Those who are coming to walk in the parade, you can pick up your costumes this morning after the morning class, tonight after the evening class, and uh, we'll hook you up. And you can rally to the church van. I have full permission. We're going to have the marchers out front with the banner, followed by uh, people in costume and Trinity wear, passing out candy, and the people that Carissa got, that Pastor Carissa got the banner from, included a hundred business cards with the exact same thing on it. And on the back, our Christmas service schedule. So we can pass that out to, to people. We'll also have some of the food distribution uh, flyers to pass out. So all along the parade route, candy and and tracks and and witness to people. Jesus the read. I'm praying for a Holy Ghost moment as we're walking down, marching down, and I have, I have reason to believe this, other than that I know God's good. Years ago, at, when we were pastoring at Bell Fountain, uh, East Liberty and Bell Fountain both had a Christmas parade all, on different weekends. And we, we had a donkey at that time uh, loaned to us, but we had Mary and Joseph and then everybody out, and we had, we had responses from people who just stood there and wept because that's the reason for the season. Amen. I want to draw people back yes. to, to maybe they've wandered away from God. Amen. They've wandered away, but Amen. they have memories of Christmas. Yes. Amen. I had it happen yesterday. If anything good comes out of all the vandalism that we've had here, if you haven't heard, when we came in, uh, Monday Monday morning, I got a call. I was taking Linda to the eye doctor. And Jim called and said he had some news for me to brighten my day. <laughs> and, and your your news doesn't brighten my day. <laughs> Someone went to the the outside unit here by entrance B and snipped off the copper wiring snipped off the copper coil oh and gosh. evacuated all of the coolant in that system oh. and shut it down. That's bad. That but, but, what? that's a nasty thing, terrible thing. Uh, the repair cost is over four grand. Uh, the, uh, we don't know what the new cost is because that's a 20-year-old unit, at least wow. 20 years. So, but I had the Comfort Troll come out uh, to get us some electric heat in that room through the furnace section. We don't need air right now, but we do need some heat. And he came up, he came up, and he told me, he said, I walked over on the other side by mistake. And he says that I looked at the lobby, then I walked in the sanctuary. It's all decorated now. And he says, it took me back 
to when I was growing up in a church just like this in the state of Washington. Wow. Folks, God can use this season if we'll be usable. So, I'm sorry, took a long time with my, with my, yeah. but uh, if you are signed up for the marching in the parade, after the morning service, I'll take you over, get you costumed up, and you can take it with you. Just bring it that night. Uh, be there by like 5.30 uh, by the church van. 5 o'clock here, uh, for those that are riding in the van that have already, we have spots for maybe two more to ride in the van. So we want to impact. And if you say, well, I can't be there, well, then you pray over this parade. Yes. I want to witness to our community. Amen. So, okay. Moving right along. Okay. We are all the way up to... Anybody guess? I told you, you're not guessing. Second Thessalonians. Now, the last time we met before Thanksgiving, we looked at First Thessalonians. And I'm not going to repeat all the things that we discovered in 1 Thessalonians because I really don't think I need to. You can go online, you can play it back and watch it. But we want to look at 2 Thessalonians and we're going to start in chapter 1, verses 3 through 12. And then we're going to find two principles about prayer in 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thess Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning with verse number 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer. Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, and to give you who are troubled rest with us, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe, because of our testimony among you was believed. Therefore we also pray always for you, that our God would count you worthy of this calling, and to fill, fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness, and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you, and you in him, Amen. according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Wonderful. Right 
the Holy Spirit moved upon Paul to write this. The, the, the Thessalonian church was experiencing persecution right then. It wasn't waiting till the future. It was right then. Thessalonica, as we talked a couple weeks ago, was a very prosperous city. Uh, the ruins are magnificent. Uh, I didn't want to take time today to show photos of that, but maybe some other time. But just phenomenal city. It was a wealthy city. It was, uh, there was a large Jewish population. It was a Romanized city. It was Greek and then conquered by Rome. And they were kind of a manufacturing hub in the Middle East. And into this was brought the Church of Jesus Christ that talks about deny yourself, <laughs> take up your cross and follow Him. The gospel message of Jesus Christ will never be popular in a prosperous place. People are prosperous. They don't need God. They don't need Jesus, they think. It's when the hard times hit that they call out. But they were suffering persecution because the gospel of Jesus Christ is one of suffering, of denial, of sacrifice, of realizing you're swimming against the stream. And not only were they persecuted for that, but the Jewish faction in the city was persecuting them because they were lifting up Jesus as Savior and Lord and Messiah. And so they were under great persecution throughout Thessalonica and its suburbs. And persecution was happening right as the letter was being written. It's referenced in the first letter that we mentioned. But also, it's mentioned here that they are living godly lives while they are surrounded by all kinds of persecution. Now, they weren't taking them to prison at this point, but there's other kinds of persecution, right? And they were uh, plotting against them and trying to cause strife among them. Do you realize that persecution is happening right now yes, in the world? Yes. I want to use an illustration of some current event that's going on right now to illustrate this. We all know that the Christian church believers are being persecuted on the other side of the world. But one month ago, a little over one month ago, if you had asked most people in America if anti-Semitism, anti-Jewish sentiment was a problem, most people would have said no. But it was underlined. And I was talking with Marsha about it earlier. It's amazing that the world doesn't seem to be able to see that on the 7th, when Hamas killed over a thousand Jews, men, women, and babies, and took 200 and some hostages, that 
Israel had a right to go after him and to mm -hmm. put a lid on the Hamas. And all over college campuses, liberal college campuses, anti-Semitism is maxing out. Have you seen it? Have you heard about it? I mean, it's it's professors are saying, well, you know, they deserve it. You know, Israel deserves it. And it's the persecution is there. It's just been under the radar, under the radar, and no condemnation. We've talked about this before, but they had rallies down, not rallies, they had protests downtown Columbus and in the city council wanting the city council to condemn Israel. But not one word of condemning Hamas for their attack. That's horrible. But it was there. It was just beneath the surface. But it's, it's bubbling up. It's bubbling up. Uh, had a, I was talking Sunday about some of my lessons I learned by going into a farming community in my first church at Sugar Tree Ridge. And one of the lessons I learned, and it was, it was kind of funny at the time, and uh, I was sitting, sitting with one of the farmers, one of the neighbors, and we were having coffee one day and looked out, and uh, it was snowing. And uh, I said, boy, everything looks so beautiful with the snow. And he said, see that, that big mound over there? That's going to melt first. That's a manure pile. <laughs> and before anything else melts, that's going to melt. Because it's there. It's just going to generate heat and melt the snow first. And it may look like everything's fine, but under the snow, the, the manure piles melting things. There was persecution going on against the Christians in Thessalonica. They weren't being thrown into prison yet. But there was all kinds of economic sanctions, places they couldn't participate in, things they couldn't do. They were shut out of different organizations and whatever. People wouldn't buy from them. Uh, they were separated. So Paul is writing by the Holy Spirit to this group of people that's suffering persecution right while they're getting the letter. They're going through testing times, trying times, uh, perilous times. And, but he commends them for how they're facing it, how they're living in the midst of it, in the midst of tribulations. Verse 3, look there. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, because your faith grows exceedingly in the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. In the midst of persecution, we need the fellowship of believers yes. more than any other time. Amen. It's no wonder we didn't quote the scripture, but we've quoted it often, that do not forsake the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, but so much more 
as you see the days approaching. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to me that people can look at the world today and still drift away from God. Yes, sir. And not see the need for the fellowship of the church. I saw a post this morning from a friend up in the Cleveland area, and she had been wounded uh, gravely by uh, the church she was attending. I mean, they were just evil. Been there and done that. And uh, is it a church? Yeah. People in the church. Yes. Evil. Yes. But it wasn't Jesus. And and it's taken her a long time to try and get over this. That it wasn't Jesus that hurt. It was people That's posing. That's right. Wolves in sheep's clothing. Mm, yeah. And it, it's hard sometimes. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's hard sometimes oh, exactly. to separate exactly when people about. have done you dirty <laughs> yes, sir. to not hold the church responsible. It, it, uh, it's not a church policy to hurt people. That's not our policy. But people do get wounded and hurt mm -hmm. because the sheep have teeth. Sometimes sheep bite. <laughs> and uh, they deserve a good knock on the head from the good shepherd. Amen? <laughs> How many of you have some candidates that you'd like to have the good shepherd knock around a little bit? Oh, yeah. Hurt you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, I got a list, but I, I got to leave it alone or else I'll, I'll lose my, my holiness. But, but uh, uh, Paul is boasting about how these people are responding to the persecution that they're going through. Second uh, Thessalonians 1, verses 5 through 8, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer. I can't stress it enough. If you're hearing somebody preach, that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're not going to go through tough times, suffer, or have bad things happen. Call them a liar to their face. Yes, sir. Call them a liar to their face. Absolutely. Well, you know, that's not full of faith. He just said they were full of faith. Mm -hmm. And he's taking issue with those that are persecuting them. That there's going to be a judgment one day. We're not in charge of it. I, I know I'd like to be. How many of you would like to be on the committee? <laughs> to, to meet up punishment to those who have stabbed you in the back and smacked you around. Oh yeah. But we're not on the committee. It's a committee of one. The Lord is going to measure punishment and justice for us. And he's going to give you rest from all your labors. All of the stuff that's going on. Praise God. And uh, so the first principle we want to look at today, taking in mind, they're being persecuted, they're suffering. It's kind of under the radar, but it's still real, and the Holy Spirit knows it's true. Paul is praying that the glory of Jesus Christ will shine through them. In the midst of these troubling times, 
What a prayer. We need to pray that for one another, don't we? Yes. Mm -hmm. Anybody here going through some dark times? In the midst of the dark times, we need to pray for one another. We're going to do that a little bit later. We're going to pray for one another. That in the midst of the dark times we may be going through, it may be emotional, it may be physical, it may be financial, it may be all of the above. But I want Jesus to shine through. How about you? Yes. And we need to pray for one another. You say, well, shouldn't it just be a natural occurrence? If it was, then Paul wouldn't be praying for him, right? That's right. right. If it just naturally happens. No, it doesn't. It takes, it, 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 takes, it takes the work of the Lord in our lives in the midst of what you're going through to let Jesus shine through your life. Yes, help us, Lord. I, I, as I was thinking about this, I'm sorry, my, my memories at this time of year are all over the place. All right. And I, I was remembering a great moment looking back. It wasn't a Christmas moment, but it was, it was a great moment. It's illustrated here. I want to play a song for you in a moment. Back when I was a sophomore in college, back in the dark ages, dinosaurs roamed the world. I just, the the snowcaps were melting. Ice Age had just passed. But as a sophomore, and I was privileged to be one of a group in our sophomore class, they sent me an invitation to come and be a part of a musical that they were doing. It wasn't a campus-sponsored thing. It was what we, the, the Cavalier class, were going to do. And... Uh, I was invited to be one of the singers. I forget how many total there were, but it was, it was like 15 or 20 of us. And uh, we were going to do the musical called Tell It Like It Is. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of that. It was a musical by Kurt Kaiser back in the 70s. And uh, it was all accompanied with guitars, and it was a, called a folk musical. And one of the songs, was called Pass It On. You may have heard of that song. Mm -hmm. Well, Pass It On, here's the way it went. We're in Hughes Auditorium. There's about 1,500 people in the auditorium. And we have distributed uh, candles in the book racks of all the seats. And it, the song starts out, It only takes a spark to get a fire going. And one of my one of my brothers in the Lord went up, took one candle, lit it off of a candle, and while someone else joins him in singing, then soon all those around will warm up to its glowing. That's how it is with God's love. Once you've experienced it, you spread his love to everyone you want to pass it on. Well, as we passed among the group, and then each group member went out and lit the candles of the entire auditorium, 1,500 people, and we were all singing, 
You want to pass it on. And then the last line, I'll shout it from the mountaintop. I want my world to know the king of love has come to me, and I want to pass it on. Listen to this old song. I mean, it's an ancient song. It's from the 70s. Don't anybody call me ancient today. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> 70s was a good year. He did the orchestration. Kurt Kaiser wrote it. And it goes like...
other day. Imagine a skinny me. We all had purple shirts and white bell bottoms. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. We were doing it. We were doing it. We had two of the guys up on the platform. Playing the guitars and it was a great time. But the illustration brought back to me. One little tiny candle may not make a big difference. But when we pass it on <coughs> to somebody else, we need to pray that people would see Jesus yes. in us. Letting Jesus shine through your lives. Now, how can we do that? How can Jesus shine through you? Being well, like just being kind to somebody. Or being kind? There, you know, somebody needs you and you're there. Jesus said that if you even give a cup of cold water in my name, right. it's not just water distribution. Right. It's in his name right. for his sake. It, it's, it's, it's recorded. It's recorded above. What are some other ways that we can let Jesus shine through us to the world in which we're in? Be obedient to the Word. Being obedient to the Word, living according to the principles of the Word. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of hole in and put our light underneath the bushel because other people are trying to blow it out, right? But we need to realize the world needs the light that you have. They need to see Jesus in you. 99.9% of people are not going to see a vision of Jesus. Anybody here that's had a personal vision, a heavenly vision of Jesus? No hands. Uh, the rest of the world is very similar to that. But each of us can so live that the light of Christ can shine through our lives. What are some other ways that we can let Jesus shine through us? The little things. Little like, things? Like uh, opening the door for uh, elderly people. That's us. Opening the door for pastor. I understand. Opening the door for pastor. The little things. Amen. Amen. I, I said it before you could say it. I, you know. those, those acts of kindness. Uh, let me give you a, a, a four-point uh, thing that I found as I was surfing about this. Four ways that Christ can be seen through our lives. First of all, hearing us. Hearing us. Can I get somebody to read for me? Matthew 12, 34 through 37. Okay? Matthew 12, 34 through 37. When it's talking about hearing us, somebody's always listening. Oh, yeah. Amen? Yeah, yeah. 
It's been found out that some of you are embarrassed because Alexa, your, your electronic uh, thing that you have in your house, has been listening to you. Wow. And we, we were, the other day, we were just talking, and, and Alexa says, I did not get that. Well, well, you were listening, weren't you? Those little electronic cube devices, yeah. Down floor, there's a couple that invited us over for dinner, and he always plays his Alexa, his music. So he was telling us what he wanted to play, and it said, no. <laughs> <laughs> you played something else in another room. <laughs> Alexa, we use it more for a timer than anything else, and, and Linda's yelling at that thing all the time. Uh, we have one of those uh, Roomba things, those sweepers that are automatic, and it's hooked up to Alexa. And so, here's the picture. Linda's talking to a black box, saying, Alexa, turn on Bertha. We call it our Roomba Bertha, our, our maid. I'm sorry, I didn't get that. So Linda's yelling a little bit louder. Alexa, turn on Bertha. Bertha's not charged properly. <laughs> Somebody's always listening. Somebody's always listening. Uh, you got the scripture now? Yeah. Okay. Oh, generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Whoa. Help me. Whoa. Whoa. If someone were like a, an Alexa, with you all day, how much Jesus would shine through of what they hear? Not much, probably. I, I'm not answering for anybody. I, I'm convicted myself. Yeah. Uh, we need to realize that people are listening. People are overhearing conversations. Have you ever had a situation where someone came and commented on something you said that you weren't saying to them. Anybody? Yes. Yeah. Uh, 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 can, any illustrations? I have one, but I'll let you use yours. Any have any illustrations? Well, in restaurants, when my kids were young, uh, we always pray over our meal, mm -hmm. and. Numerous times we had people come up society. We used to pray over our meals. You, you, you know, that really spoke to me. I wasn't talking to them. Amen. I was talking to God, and I wasn't talking loud enough for them to really. They had to be listening in. People are listening to our conversations. If our conversations are full of things that are not related to the Lord as far as our attitudes and the way we say things, spiteful. Like, like for instance, how many of you can say the word, say it with me, fine. fine. But how many of you have ever said that word 
and you didn't mean fine. And somebody says, well, I want to do this. Well, fine. How many of you have ever, ever done the fine word? Okay, You didn't mean fine. It was the same word, but a different spirit. And so we're not talking about quoting scripture to everybody you run into, because as we've talked before, Jesus didn't quote scripture to people unless they knew it. He talked in parables many times. So we need to have our conversations, as Jesus said, seasoned with salt. That we're, we're letting Jesus shine through so that people that hear us and the way that we're responding to others and the way that we're treating others and the way that we're talking to others, Jesus shines through. And they sense a difference in the way we communicate. Pastor? Yeah. We were in Florida, they, they say that don't bless your heart. It's not. Yeah. The kind bless of, his heart. Yeah. It, it, it's not. It's not a. It's not a blessing. No. It's, that's right. No. It's, bless his heart. Yeah. I heard a comedian one time use had a whole shtick on that, and uh, then he was talking to the people and says, "That's a beautiful dress. Bless your heart." <laughs> he just picked on him. Yeah. <clears throat> An illustration, I said, you know, it was had an illustration, I, I had one, but I had to think about it. But this one day, I had to take my dog to the groomer. And while she was at the groomer, my dad and my sister and I went to Perkins for a meal. While we was there, this groomer had said something to me that I took to be vulgar. And I was repeating this to my family. So time came where I had to go pick my dog up. I did not know that there was a man, because the groom that I was taking her to was in Galloway. Miss Perkins was in Hillier. And there was a man sitting in one of these booths that overheard this conversation when I went back to pick up my dog. This woman knew every word that came out of my mouth. I couldn't hear you. I said, this woman knew every word that had come out of my mouth. Because this man went right straight to that groom and told her. People are listening. And uh, would people learn about Jesus and his ways if they were a little Alexa sitting next to you uh, all day long? So hearing us is one way for Jesus to shine through. Seeing us, watching our actions, how we treat others, uh, whether it's a simple thing of opening the door for an elderly pastor or, uh, or, or whatever. Uh, Watching our actions, the way we treat others. I, I've always tried, I don't always succeed, but I've always tried to give a compliment to some of the people that don't get a lot of compliments. When I go to a hospital, and I, doctors and nurses get a lot of, of good conversations, but the cleaning staff does not. And uh, things such as that. Hey, did a, you're doing a great job. I mean, I can't even imagine trying to keep this place spick and span. And you see them, well, thank you. And it's like a weight is lifted yeah, off it of it. It is. Uh, so watching our actions, <laughs> seeing us, people are not just listening. 
People may not hear what you say because your actions speak so loud. Watching your actions. Am I acting and behaving the way that Jesus would? Or am I responding in ways that he would not? Tonight's lesson in the evening study, we're at the woman at the well. And the disciples were really puzzled by Jesus. What in the world is he talking to A, a woman, B, a Samaritan? Mm -hmm. And he's sitting down. Uh, what in the world is that about? They're just, they're just all over it. But Jesus was doing something special. He was touching a life that impacted an entire town. Watching, seeing us, helping others. It doesn't mean that you're going to be able to stop and help every person, but when the Holy Spirit guides you, you can be that hand that helps. You can be a helping hand to assist and to care. And people remember that. They see Jesus in us. Unconditional love. People get unloved a lot. But if we can show the love of Christ, it's hard. Amen? It's hard to love the unlovable. But aren't you glad that Jesus does? Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. It's hard to love the unlovable of which I am one. But he loved me. While we were yet sinners, he loved enough to die for us. Yes. And if we're going to let Jesus shine through us, his love has to shine through. Yeah. It doesn't short circuit his word. Jesus loved everyone he talked to. He, he was saddened when a person rejected his words. He was saddened by the, the brood of vipers who was twisting his words. But he still loved them. And his parting words from the cross. Father, forgive them for they, they are clueless. They don't know what they're doing. And that's unconditional love. The other people, uh, the, the one thief was shouting insults at the people who were nailing him there and shouting insults at Jesus. Jesus was asking his father, uh, father they don't, they don't know what <coughs> he was in pain and agony, point of death. Unconditional love. We need to pray for one another. How many of you need prayer that you would let Jesus shine through in your life? Amen. If your hand is not up, you really need prayer. <laughs> you really need prayer for Jesus to shine through your life because it's not happening right now. It's an important thing to let Jesus shine through. Praying that Jesus shines through our lives. Not, I'm not talking here. Paul is praying for the Thessalonians, right? The believers. He's not praying for himself. He's praying for them. It's easier to have faith for somebody else yes. other than yourself. Have Amen. you found it to be true? Yes. It's a whole lot easier for me to bolster up a lot of faith to pray for somebody else. <laughs> and me, my, my faith sometimes is a little weak. But there in the middle of persecution, 
and yet their faith is growing exceedingly, he says. Praying that Jesus shines through. Before we leave today, we want to pray for one another. And other people that, that uh, you want to lift up in prayer, that Jesus would shine through. We're praying that Jesus shines through this opportunity coming Friday night. Second principle that we see here today found in chapter 3, 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 1 and 2. Finally, brethren, that's pretty clear, it's a prayer principle, pray for us, <laughs> that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for not all have faith. <clears throat> Praying for the speedy spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, well, that, that you know that goes without saying. We've got it on TV. We, they can, you can pick up podcasts and everything, and it's available. Well, the word being sown is one thing, as we talk Sunday. But the receiving of the word is another. We want that word to spread. Like we were giving the illustration earlier. You know, if I hold my lit candle inside of a darkened Hughes Auditorium at Asbury College, I'm lighting up myself. But if I pass it to someone else, and they to another, and 1,500 people later, the place is glowing. Yes. It Pray that the word takes root in other people's hearts. Praying for the speedy spread of the gospel. That the word would run swiftly. How long has it been since you personally prayed over the live stream? Well, the word's going out, right? The lesson's going out. We have people on all over the, the place that are tuning in. How about if we pray for the word to be spread swiftly? Yes. And those who are watching that they would tell someone else. And those of us who are here gathered in public would together would pass it along to someone else. Hey, why don't you tune in to and show them how to do it. Don't just say, well, tune in. Show them how to do it. Uh, you say, well, I'm computer illiterate. Well, you find somebody that's not, and you help them figure out how to tune in. You can watch it on your phone. How many of you ever watch services on your phone? I have. And uh, uh, on your computer, on your TV, if you've got a, we got the Roku app, and uh, we can go to the house, and I can turn it on the big screen, and and watch the services, you know, uh, but a lot of people don't know about it. I don't want them to just find us by accident. I want them to find us on purpose. Yes. That the word would be spread speedily. Praying for the, the live stream outreach for Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, Sunday mornings, the, when we have a, a night of worship. Make some calls and, and invite people to tune in. Or to come. How about praying over this parade? That the word 
We're taking Jesus to the main street of the town, okay? I think that's a good thing. Years ago, we were doing another parade ministry up in Painesville, Ohio. I forget what the occasion was, but we did a, our banner was uh, Painesville Assembly of God, where the Bible comes alive. And we had about 50 people in costume, Bible costume. And, and we were, uh, you know, walking. We won first place on the marching. They had votes that people could vote. And uh, the front page of the newspaper said, Jesus on Main Street. Praise God. And what we did along the parade route, we've done this several different times. I was, I was walking as Jesus, and along the parade route, I had plants of people from the church. Some in Bible costume, some in regular costume. I had one where a dad is carrying his little girl in his arms, and he runs up and in the middle of the street, stops the parade, and said, Jesus, my little girl is sick and dying. Prayed over her, and she got up and shouted and ran through the crowd, and the crowd just started. Oh, you know, we need some more of that. We we we, it's not just going to happen. We need to pray over this thing, right? Mm -hmm. I I I dream of having a lot of people that can't physically be a part of the parade to come out, and while we're marching down the road. They're covering us with prayer. Oh Lord, let the word be spread speedily. Yes. Oh God, spread the word. Amen. Spread, take root. Reach back into somebody's history. Maybe they're running from God and they're they just happened by this parade. <laughs> happened by. Oh Father, grip them. Lord God, grip them. Yes, sir. How long has it been? that you prayed over the, the food outreach, over the different other, over a service. I know we show up and we have prayer at the beginning of the service, but you know what? As people are getting ready for that day, maybe they're not planning on coming to service. I think some well-placed praying can get some people out of their house or to their TV even. Praying. Praying that the word of God will be spread. What are some other ways that we can be praying that the word of God will be spread? Seeing Jesus in you, that's one of them, of course. What are some other ways? I've just suggested three, but... Anybody? Years ago, let's see. Somebody do the math for me. Somebody do the math for uh, 2007 minus 2023. What's the math there? 16 years. 
Yeah, that's how long I've been. That's my shelf life is greater than I imagined. Uh, I came in 2007, and I'll never forget. They had a, a get together fellowship meeting on a Saturday night, and uh, Charlie Durfer is sitting there, and. Uh, People are asking me questions about our ministry and whatever. And he says, I've just got one question. You know Charlie? I said, uh, yes, sir, what is that? He says, I want to know when we're going to see 100 people in this church ever again. Said, we're running like 40, 35, 40 people. And I said, well, I can't guarantee, but I can. you can help. I said, I'll tell you what, in two weeks, I'll do a drama. I'll do the drama of Noah. And if you'll go and pass out flyers about it, let's see what happens. And in two weeks' time, we had over a hundred people show up for that service. All right. And it was just 40 or 50 of us. Thank the Lord. It wasn't because, it's, oh, I'll go see some ugly guy in a, in a suit, you know, uh, uh, doing a drama. No. It's because somebody personally spread the word. <coughs> somebody personally spread the word. So I went up to Charlie afterwards and I said, it was June 18th. He says, what? I says, when we're going to see 100 people in this church again? <laughs> well, <laughs> but you know what? It was so simple. Praying that the word will spread speedily. What are some other ways that we can spread, have the word spread speedily? We can pray. Anybody else? When I was in Florida, um, I, I had sent my son a Bible Thursday. And I kind of, we were getting ready to leave, and I leaned over and I said to John, I sent you this book. I'd like you to start in John. Praying, you know, distributing the word, giving the word, giving uh, even uh, letters that you pray over and you send to those that you're concerned about. And praying that the word of God would take root. Uh, uh, Imogene was saying on the way in that she's been reading the Gospels again and again. and But God gives new things every time you read it. And... Uh, it's like the old, the old commercial. You remember the old uh, uh, Chef Boyardee commercial? It's in there, you know, uh, in the sauce. The no, it's ragu. <laughs> wrong, wrong. It's a food commercial. I give it that. But when the word has once been shared, it's in there, and the Holy Spirit can touch it. How about we start praying? For those that we're concerned about that aren't 
right with the Lord, but this is from the Lord, but they've heard the word that the Holy Spirit would just touch it. Just touch it. Make it come alive. I like it when he makes it come alive in the middle of the night. That's just me. I think that's cool. Somebody says, I woke up and I remembered this and that and the other. Yeah, it's cool. Way cool. What are some other ways that we can pray for the spreading, the speedily spreading of God's word? Anybody else? I'll tell you one. I'm going to sit down for this. But um, sit, boo boo, sit. Uh, roll over, play dead. Got a call from one of the brothers in the church yesterday, and he's been ministering to the people in his community, Dave Swiger. And those of you who have been at the food distribution know that Dave comes up with the trailer, and he's ministering to ten families in his neighborhood. It's kind of a depressed area and he's taking food to them and some of them do not want to hear about the gospel but they eagerly receive the literature and the food that's sent their way. Um, one family that he's been ministering to that has shown no response at all um, was going through a rather difficult time and the husband was concerned about his wife and and he made this statement well I guess we'll just have to put it in God's hands and David said what? I guess we'll just have to put it in God's hands and it opened the door for him to share this person was needing some guidance, counseling, and he said, Pastor, I'm not trying to increase your workload, but I gave them your card and told them that you'd be happy to come out and talk with them about the issue that they're going through. And I says, exactly right. And, and tell them that I will come to where they are. They won't have to come to me. Uh, it's by the word being spread even through acts of kindness, as we said before, acts of kindness, and just putting it out there that we're doing this not because we want to be a food distributor. We want people to know Jesus cares about you. Any, anybody else? Any other ways that we can pray around the spreading of the word of God speedily? Yes. We can pray for the pastors that are sharing the word and for the anointing of you know what I'm saying? Like Amen. And we need that. We need that desperately. Because uh, how many of you have ever uh, done a devotional or a message in front of a crowd? How many here? Well, I know there's more than that. You're afraid to put your hand up. You shared a message or a devotional in front of a church group before. Well, how many of you were a tad nervous? Anybody a tad nervous? I get nervous 
every time. So when it don't look like it, well, I'm a good actor. Uh, I try to be. Uh, I realize that in me, it's going to fall flat if the Lord doesn't anoint the word. And I'm good. I'm not going to feel good about it, and people aren't going to feel good about it, and the word isn't going to be spread. But when you get people behind you praying over the word, yes. even uh, I, I look at it this way: the Lord preached through a donkey to Balaam. Yeah. He can use me. Right. <laughs> he preached through a donkey. He can use you. And uh, so praying for those that are preaching or teaching. Uh, how long has it been since you prayed over the, the people that are teaching Sunday school classes or those that are doing Wednesday night ministries, praying for them and for their care over, over the people that they're sharing with. Spreading, praying that the spreading of the word will be speedy. What are some other ways that we can pray the word will spread with great what do you think about it what we'd like to do in closing today is to pray for one another now this is one of those rare occasions where I will tell you don't close your eyes to pray this is one of those scriptural times I'm going to be like Jesus said watch and pray right you're going to watch and pray. So I, what I need for you to do is, I need you, you two to turn around and face that way a little bit. <laughs> you can move your chair. <laughs> Somebody help the old man do an act of kindness there. I want you to pray. And I want you to connect eyes with somebody when you're praying. I want you to look at someone and pray for them. Pray that Jesus will shine through. I was telling Bev the other day, I had a dream and she was in it. I was, uh, I was thinking about the, the message from Sunday Harvest and Sugar Tree Ridge, and, and in one of my dreams that week, I was back at Sugar Tree Ridge, a little tiny country church, and the only person in the whole place I recognized, Bev, was down at the altar praying for the service. And she wasn't there before, but, but it made my heart thrilled in my dream. Somebody was praying. It spoke to me. Can you do this without giggling at each other? I'm hoping. You understand what I'm asking you to do? Yes. With your eyes wide open, I want you to fix your attention and pray, Lord Jesus, shine through them. Shine to their family, to their friends, wherever. Just a simple prayer. Turn and look somebody in the eye. Don't look, everybody look at the same person. At the same time. It'll get weird in here. It'll get weird in here. But can we do that? Can you just turn and look at somebody? Say, well, I don't know them. Well, that's probably even better for you. 
Yeah, you, you'd have a whole lot more to pray for if you knew me, you know. But uh, I'm going to have a word of prayer, and then I'm going to invite you to pray that Jesus will shine through each one. And realize somebody's praying for you that Jesus will shine through. I'm believing he'll give you some opportunities to let Jesus shine today. Father God, I come in Jesus' name, and I give you praise. We pray for each other what Paul prayed for the Thessalonian believers, that Jesus, the glory of Jesus, would shine through our brothers and sisters in all that we do, in all that we say. And Father God, as we pray for one another today, and we think of others that aren't here in the room that we can pray for as well. That Jesus will shine through. Father God, let a move of your Holy Spirit happen. And as we cover the, the parade in prayer and the live stream and, and the services and the pastors, and we, we pray, Father, that Jesus will shine through into a sin-darkened world and that the light will shine unto salvation. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Begin to open your eyes and pray for somebody right now. And don't just pray for them. Shift it around. Move around and pray simply. I pray for Jesus to shine through you. I pray for Jesus shine through your life. Pray for Jesus to shine through your life. They don't have to have eye contact with you for you to pray for them. And they're looking at somebody else. Maybe they'll look at you in a minute. I pray for Jesus to shine through I pray for Jesus to shine through you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb. I pray for Jesus to shine. I pray for Jesus to shine. I pray
Lord thinking, well, maybe we need to be, maybe. Yes, so. The Lord wanted us to be here. We'll find us. Yeah, a lot of times, uh, November 8th, we were in James.